0: Hello, this is Joy from Twin Talk. Before we get to today's podcast, I would like to make a few comments and clarifications. If you would rather not hear my comments and would like to go straight to the podcast, just go to the chapter markers and you will see where the podcast begins. During the American Sniper podcast, Angie refers to September 11th as 911. Not a big deal, but she just wanted to acknowledge that she realizes her mistake. Also, during the American Sniper podcast, I state that I did not want to watch the movie, but curiosity got the best of me, and I ended up watching it after all. The movie was good, but I had to fast-forward through many of the battle scenes because I just couldn't handle all the violence and heartache. It is not lost on me that our soldiers cannot simply fast-forward through battle. They must live through each horrifying, horrifying moment. What I appreciated most about the movie was how it reinforced that Chris, Kyle, and the other soldiers sometimes only had split seconds to decide whether or not to pull the trigger. Under high pressure, high adrenaline, and high stakes, they had to determine if the target was an an enemy with evil intent. A mistake would mean killing an innocent person and possibly being imprisoned. And, as many have already said, Bradley Cooper did a phenomenal job portraying Chris Kyle, as did Sienna Miller, who played the role of Taya Kyle. I also want to say that I was not familiar with the circumstances surrounding the murder of Chris Kyle and his friend Chad Littlefield. Angie was correct when she said they were murdered by a fellow war veteran while on a Texas shooting range. The attorneys for the defendant used the insanity defense saying he suffered from mental illness and PTSD and did not know right from wrong at the time of the incident. He was found guilty and now will serve a life sentence. I think Kyle's attorneys did a good job of explaining how mental illness and PTSD are not the same. Among other things, the fact that the man who killed Kyle and Littlefield fled from police is what really sealed the deal for me. I hope the verdict brings some amount of peace to the families. And finally, Angie and I are dedicating this podcast to our uncle, William Theodore Pullen, who passed away on Saturday, August 8, 2020, at the age of 90. He joined the Navy in 1948 and went on to serve in the Arkansas Air National Guard and the Texas Air National Guard for over 30 years. I am including a link to his obituary on our homepage if you are interested in reading more about our amazing uncle. Please continue listening if you would like to hear our discussion about the book, American Sniper.
1: Hello, and welcome to Twin Talk. I'm Angie, and I'm here with my sister Joy, and today we're going to be discussing the book, American Sniper, by Chris Kyle. American Sniper is the autobiography of the most lethal sniper in U.S. military history. Chris Kyle was a native Texan and a champion saddle bronc rider prior to joining the Navy. After 9 he was thrust into the front lines on the war on terror. In Fallujah, Kyle braved heavy fire to rescue a group of Marines trapped on a street. Kyle talks honestly and openly about the pain of war, of twice being shot, and experiencing the tragic deaths of two close friends. This book is adrenaline-charged and deeply personal. American Sniper is a thrilling eyewitness account that only Kyle could tell. He was, a. Um, that was actually read from the book jacket. I thought it was really good, you know, just a real good summary of the book. Um, just a few more facts about Kyle. He was assigned to SIL Team 3, and he was nor- awarded numerous medals and commendations. He also served four combat tours in Operation Iraqi Freedom. And the Pentagon confirmed more than 150 of Kyle's kills, and the previous record was 109. The Iraqis, the Iraqi insurgents, called him Al Shaitan, which means the devil, and they placed a bounty on his head. Um, now, Joy, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking there's probably not many people out there who haven't heard of American Sniper, or at least. Uh, I imagine a lot of people have at least seen the movie. Yeah, I think even people who don't read books have at least heard it because of the movie that came out. Yeah, and um, I've never, I've seen bits and pieces of the movie. So, and that's the only reason I've even ever, honestly, I'd even heard of him was because I'd seen part of the movie. And I'm not a big person. I don't like war movies. Do you like war movies? No, I never have been crazy about war movies at all. Like Saving Private Ryan. It was an awesome movie, and I went and saw it at the movie theater. But I just remember after it was over, you couldn't hear. No one said a word. It was oh. complete silence. I'll never forget that because the movie was so powerful and hmm. so horrible. It just showed the realities of war. Um, I don't know. So I always so, really... remember, so I liked Saving Private Ryan, but overall, they're they're too. They bring home reality too much, mm-hmm. and I don't like to think about it, just yeah. like a lot of people don't want to think about it. You know, it's funny, I don't like war movies, but one movie that I do like is Black Hawk Down, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that, um, what's his name? <laughs> oh, Ethan Hawk? <laughs> no, not Ethan Hawk. <laughs> I can't I'll, I'll think of it later I have a I, have, I had a huge crush on this guy he was also in Pearl Harbor oh um,
0: Josh Hartnett Josh Hartnett it has
1: nothing to do with the fact that Josh Hartnett oh, was in it I'm nothing. sure but I do like that movie and Black I will Hawk say Down. that one of Jeff's friends my husband's friends actually was associated participated in some of the things that happened in Black Hawk Down oh oh really so and he's actually talked about the movie with us a little bit but oh, that's, okay. that's another story for another day I okay. guess okay alright well that is interesting okay so overall did you like the book? I did like the book. <laughs> it's It was fascinating to me because it's all about Navy SEALs, of course, mm-hmm. and I'm clueless. When it comes to military, I don't know anything about military life. I, I've never been... Now, our dad was in the Army, and he... Mm-hmm. Had to go overseas to Korea, and he contracted tuberculosis and spent mm-hmm. half of his um, time in Korea in a hospital. Mm-hmm. So we, our dad was military; he was in the army, but and he did tell some stories. But as far as being close to people mm-hmm. who like have a military lifestyle, that yeah, you know, uh, we're not. Close we don't to necessarily anybody. have a military history. We, you know, we didn't come from that lifestyle or that. Yeah, no, and profession. like my father in law fought in Vietnam. And was injured, and he actually has a prosthetic arm, but he never will talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that was something I thought we might hit on, too, a little bit about uh, that aspect. So, yeah, I have a father who was in the Army, a father-in-law who fought in Vietnam, but I still feel like I don't know much at all about military life. I agree. I totally agree. Matter of fact, I just kept, you know, I said, hey, let's do... I actually found this book at an estate sale, and I'd always wanted to read the actual account of his life. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, hey, I'm going to read this book, and let's do it for our next podcast. And then once I read the book, I thought, oh, what have I done? I don't—I just don't feel um, like I'm—what's the word, Joy? I don't feel like I should be doing— this podcast because i don't feel like i have enough knowledge i guess you could say um but anyway just and and then one thing you know you and i have discussed this before the podcast but during the research for this book i I kept finding people who claim that a lot of the things in the book were either exaggerated or Mm -hmm. just outright false right and even since his death which I'm not, I don't guess this is really a spoiler alert I don't know of anybody who wouldn't know that he's re, he's died since he wrote the book right. but even after he wrote the book apparently he made some claims that people say were false. Right, and that there's no police records or mm-hmm. no documentation to back yeah. up. So there's a lot of naysayers that, mm-hmm. that will say the book is just a bunch of baloney But and then there's another group surprisingly that I thought was surprising that did not like the book or maybe him are military personnel mm-hmm. and they say that there is a code in the military and you one thing you don't do is you don't go around talking about your exploits and you don't uh, talk about a sensitive information. It's it's just kind of a code. You keep things to yourself. Yeah, it's just an unwritten law that you don't go around talking about battles and training. Mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. and honestly, like I said, I don't know that many people that have been fought in wars or been in the military. But the few that I do know,
0: they don't want to talk about
1: it. Right? Yeah. To me, that's kind of a sign of a true military person. Is typically they're very very reluctant to talk about. It, and yet here's a guy who's telling everything they did. Talks about all of his mm-hmm. missions very now. Open. Now, I want to be very, very clear and say this: in no way do I am I disparaging him mm-hmm. or what he did. In my eyes, he is a hero. Me too. No mm-hmm. matter. I don't care if half the book was made up. The fact that he left his family and put his life on the line for our mm-hmm. country, I have great respect for our military. I have great respect mm-hmm. for all branches of the military, men and women, and I have great respect for this guy. No matter how much of the book was true or not true, he was a true hero to yeah, me. Yeah, he still put his life on the line every time he went out. He was out protecting Yes, a, a and soldiers. it is documented that he does have the most um, kills, mm-hmm. and that's—I may be getting ahead of you here, but— what was fascinating to me about the book was the way he spoke about the kills. Mm. They didn't seem to really infect him at all. It's just a job. I'm going to kill him and
0: go on. Mm-hmm. And that takes some mental toughness, you know. I don't know that I could... That's why I'm not in the military. I'm not tough enough, I don't think, to mentally handle some of yeah. the things he had to do.
1: He looked at it as, I'm not. I'm killing the bad guys, and I'm protecting mm-hmm. the good guys. That's right. exactly how he And I at would it. want him on my side if I were out there fighting, for sure. Yeah. So I just wanted to make that clear to our listeners that in no way are you know, did I come on here to bash him or mm-hmm. in, in any way. First doubt on him. Yeah. We, or tarnish we his image respect at all. him and, yeah. and feel like he is a hero. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there that I do know that there are people out there who won't agree with our view of him, our image of him. But I do feel like uh, we have a lot of connection with him, uh, partly because he's from the South, he's from Texas. The fact, yeah, we're from Arkansas and he's from Texas. Mm -hmm. And everything, the way he thinks, the way he acts, that could be the guy next door here. Mm -hmm. To me, Texans and Arkansans act... The mentality is very similar. Yeah, there's in, a lot of patriotism, of mm-hmm. a love of God, love of family, love of country. Yes, and that's why I connected with him immediately because he just came across as this mm-hmm. good old boy. He could have easily married into our family and fit right in. Yes, I you agree. You know, he liked to hunt. Um, mm-hmm. He's pro military, pr- very patriotic. Um, he definitely is just you know he's a typical guy around here yeah he was very i like how he's just very black and white Yeah, he didn't he's like i have a job let me do it you know Mm -hmm. he didn't like politicians and all the things that go along with politics that which i don't blame him at all um okay so i'm just curious when you hear the term navy seal Mm -hmm. what comes to your mind Well, what comes to my mind is big, tough guy, (laughs) Uh, mentally and physically tough. I just immediately picture, of course, the military haircut. I picture a big, buff guy. Now, he even went into detail in the book and said... Not all the Navy seals are necessarily big. I mean, they might be a little on the shorter side, but they're in shape. Mm-hmm. But he, this is one thing he did stress over and over, and I would tend to agree that I think he's right that being a seal is not just physical, it's, um, it's more mental than physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he made that point over and over again. He said, a, a true Navy seal is someone who won't give up at any cost. Right. I mean, that was the common denominator between all the successful seals. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that. They were strong or big. Uh, It was that they had, they were stubborn, they would not accept defeat as an answer, and then they were mentally tough. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny because I've only known two guys in my entire life that. Claimed they were Navy SEALs. Mm-hmm. But I got the impression they were lying. They were just saying that to try to impress me. Right. And I know that sounds silly, but... No, that's, I'm sure that happens all the time. Yeah, I, I mean, that's something, that especially people that are... And both of these guys were, like, narcissistic, uh, mm-hmm. narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, and I thought, yeah, of course they're going to say they were Navy SEALs. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I did look up five traits that are very common in Navy SEALs. Okay. And I thought maybe... We could kind of look at each of these individually and just see if Chris Kyle fit that. And I'm sure okay. he did. But the first one is they are able to resist stress. They're stress-resistant. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt... I definitely felt like he... I mean, he went through four too. tours. And until like, my gosh. towards the end, it really started catching up with him and his health. But, yeah, mm-hmm. overall... And it's funny how they did that test on him. Remember how they oh, ran the yeah. blood pressure test? Mm-hmm. And during the simul he was on a simulator mm-hmm. and during battle, his blood pressure, his heart rate was normal. Yes. <laughs> but after the battle is when his heart rate and his blood yes. pressure went up. So I thought, wow, he's almost like a killing machine. He's calm, well, cool, collected, almost like a robot gonna go do my job. Yeah. That just blew my mind that he did not show stress under battle situations. Yes, and they attributed that to his training. Okay. They said that his they the the scientists who were uh, you know watching him observing him they said that they felt his training would kick in during these highly stressful situations and he was so focused on his training that it brought his heart rate down and, okay. and I, but I kept thinking maybe he's um, uh, an anomaly I don't know if I'm using that word yeah, correctly so. where he's a person who just strives under. Mm Stress, you know, or thrives under stress. I think that there's probably something to that. They're trained, Mm -hmm. they're highly trained, Mm -hmm. and the training just kicks in. Mm -hmm. Once they're in battle, it just kicks in and they're like on automatic. Yeah, I agree. But that was very, I thought that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, the next uh, trait of a Navy SEAL is that they're extremely competitive. Oh, yeah, I I I I think he was. And then they're self reliant, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: they're highly, the number four is they're highly self critical. And number five is they are typically stoic, which basically means they suffer in silence. Yeah. So that, once again, goes back to that trait of... Yeah, I think he probably has most of those. Yeah, I think so, too. But I thought that was interesting that they said those are your typical traits of a Navy SEAL. Okay, there was a lot of fascinating things in the book. I kind of agree with you because it's so... It's such another world to us, and Mm -hmm. it's it's something we're so unfamiliar with. Everything in the book was fascinating to me. Yeah, everything was new to me. Everything Mm -hmm. was fascinating. I was shocked at how hard the Mm -hmm. training was. So that was kind of where I was going to lead the next question was, what was the most fascinating parts to you, do you recall? Okay, I mean, obviously the the war stories were fascinating, but to me the most fascinating part of the book was Bud's training. Mm -hmm. What all they had to go through, and I'll have to say this, um... I read Fearless um, before I read American Sniper, hmm. and he goes into more detail about the buds training, what it takes to be a Navy SEAL. Can you tell the so, listeners what Bud stands for? Uh, uh, no, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. Is that one of my uh,
0: trivia questions? Yeah, it
1: actually stands for Basic Underwater Demolition Slash SEAL. Okay. okay. Go well, on. just between the two books, I feel like I learned a lot about what they endure. I'm just. In shock and awe, mm-hmm. <laughs> shock and awe, um, at what the physical body can endure mm-hmm. physically and mentally it, as they go through that hell week and BUDS training. I'm like, I couldn't have lasted five minutes. Me either. And mm-hmm. the stuff they went through just literally blows my mind. I agree. To me, one of the most shocking things was that the very first time he was given a rifle rifle, as a sniper in his duty as a sniper, mm-hmm. he had to uh, he had to shoot. He had his first kill was a woman. Yeah, and that that right there was shocking to me. But in in his defense, or so he says in the book she literally had a grenade and was getting ready to throw it on a unit of Marines. Right. So mm-hmm. that was, that was shocking to me. And then the other thing it was, this is kind of funny, but it's not was when he was getting attacked by dolphins. Oh Do you yeah. Remember that part oh, that was funny. So, and this is something I think maybe he revealed this in the book that maybe most people don't know. I know I didn't know this, mm-hmm. but apparently the Navy was training dolphins to defend the harbors. And mm-hmm. so anytime someone was in the water, they had trained these dolphins to, to <laughs> ram, <laughs> right. to ram the people. And he said, these dolphins was ramming him and he said right. they could literally like break a rib. Well, this is not in the book, but I read one time <laughs> that they were training the dolphins to detonate bombs and things. Okay. So I, I, I thought that was that. so sad because I've always thought dolphins are so cool, but hey, <laughs> I'm not one of these people that animals or uh, animals' life is more important than a human life. Yeah, I agree. So. And what was really funny about, you know, he was trying to get away from the dolphins. So he said he went up under a pier to hide from it. Yeah. And when he did, he said something bit him on the leg and he looked down and it was a sea lion. Well, Oh, yeah. Turns out they were training sea lions as well. I know. So not only is he battling, you Mm -hmm. know, um, all these bad guys overseas, he's battling dolphins and sea lions. And there was a shark story in there, too, if I remember correctly. So (laughs) that was, yeah, that was how I was going to end that story. So he was, you know, he had just fought off the sea lion and the dolphin. And then in another incident... He was planting something under a ship. I think it was a training exercise. Mm -hmm. And they said it was real typical for a a seal to go plant his device and then go down deeper and hide. And then when the next guy came up, they would go up and pull on their fin to scare him to think think it was a shark. Mm -hmm. He said, well, I thought it was another guy pulling on my fin. He said, I turned around. I was going to flip him off. He said, but it was actually a shark that had hold of his fin. Mm -hmm. So he took something and cut the fin away from his suit so that he could get away anyway. So, my God. They're in all kinds of things a little bit um and then and you did you did you, uh re- recollect the part where he was rejected originally to be a SEAL? Yeah, and he did not explain why they, he had a pin in his arm from an accident. It was a the, rodeo accident. Yeah, but he never did explain why they changed their mind and decided to take him as a SEAL after all, later. Yeah, I agree. He just said he got a phone call and they said, hey, are you still interested in being a SEAL? And he's like, yeah. And then but they don't, never, like you said, they never explain why they changed their yeah, mind. Yeah, I always wonder why they changed their yeah. mind. Yeah, and then that part kind of made me mad when he, enro- it was kind of funny when he went to the little mini mall to enroll You know, they're always set up. They have all your, like, Navy, uh, Air Force, Marines, Mm -hmm. Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. You know, they're all there in the same building. And he's like, one of the guys was out to lunch, and the other guy was like, hey, come here, come down here. Like, they're all, (laughs) you know, they're all going to be fighting over him. But the part that made me mad was when they did give him that phone call saying, we want you now. Mm -hmm. He told him that um, he had to turn down a signing bonus if he wanted uh, to be considered to be a— For a seal, a Navy seal contract. Yeah, and I don't know the practices of these recruiters at all. Mm -hmm. But that, if that's true, that sounded pretty shady. I know. I was thinking. Every single person, in my opinion, who signs up to be in the military should get a, a signing bonus. Yeah, if that's, what yeah. The, if that's the norm, yeah. yes, yeah. definitely. And, he and it said, shouldn't affect, it doesn't matter if they're going in for special Yeah, and he whatever. wasn't even uh, assured that he would get to be in the SEALs. Right. He, was just, he was just told he would get a chance says, to be in the SEALs. He just good enough for me, and, I said, and he agreed. Yeah. 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 And he said that guy probably has a really good future as selling used cars. Yeah, yeah that, was funny. that was, yeah. Um so there were some funny, you know, it was a very serious book of course, it's about death and dying, but there were mm-hmm. some funny parts. Do you remember anything that struck yeah, you as funny? Yeah, my funniest part to me was he was home from one of his deployments mm-hmm. and they they had a he and his wife had installed a uh, an alarm system. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And he heard something, grabbed his gun, and as he's walking through the house, the alarm's talking to him,
0: intruder in living room, <laughs> and he would be like, "Ah, oh, I'm in the living room." I I guess I just missed him. And then he'd go in the kitchen, intruder in kitchen. Oh, I'm in the kitchen. I guess I just missed him.
1: He said it took him several minutes to figure out he was the intruder. Yeah, that was So funny. I thought
0: that was funny. Yeah.
1: Matter of fact, that um chapter that you were just quoting from, it starts out, he, he actually says, I always felt more vulnerable at home than mm-hmm. I did at war. And I thought... Isn't that something, to feel yeah. like you're more, more vulnerable at home? That's a sad statement. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and then um, and then there was a chapter called Guns, and I was thinking, you know, I could care less about I know, the and I don't chapter, know, I don't even know what your next question is, but if no. you were to ask me who would like this book, well, I think all types of people would like it but mm-hmm. you're right me personally I could do with or without the gun yeah, chapter yeah so just uh, just for an FYI for any guys that might be listening if you know, if you really are into guns and that sort of thing mm-hmm. he's got a whole chapter that just explains
0: yeah uh, just he goes, goes in, depth in depth
1: about what guns they use and for which purpose and why right yeah mm-hmm. um, okay so to me the funny story and th- once again this is why I thought this book was going to be so hard to discuss because this is a funny story but it's not right okay so oh, at, yeah. at one point he, he's just up there doing his, you know, his daily duty up on the of the roof, you know, watching for insurgents. Mm-hmm. This and, is when he's over in Iraq. I yeah, think. and he spies. Uh, he he counts sixteen guys come up. Uh, uh, on the other side of this river that they're they're beside, and he notices that they're all in full body gear and oh, they're is this all where they're trying to cross the marsh. Yes, they're all <laughs> yeah. in full body gear and they're all heavily armed. And all of a sudden, he notices these beach balls. <laughs> yeah, I and they're these story. huge beach balls. So they they divide up into groups of four. So there's four guys per beach ball, mm-hmm. and they get in this water and they start trying to swim across mm-hmm. using the beach balls as flotation devices. Right. Well, in the book, he says, "Well, heck, I didn't want to use up." My ammunition. He goes, mm. I had to save ammunition, which he was uh, obviously being sarcastic. Yeah. So he just starts shooting the beach balls mm-hmm. one at a time. and next thing you know, they're all flailing around in the water. And he says that they drown. I'm like, yeah. can these guys really not swim? Well, it, yeah, and I went back and read that part just before the podcast because mm-hmm. I was curious about that. And he said he shot all the beach balls and some of them drowned. And he said the Marines finished off who didn't drown. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, right. so like I said, yeah, that is... A total mystery to me. What were these guys thinking using beach balls? You talk about a having a target to shoot at. That, mm-hmm. that made no... And that was his point. He
0: saw some strange, weird things he could not explain in war and that was one of the stories and he's right. That does not make sense to me at all why they were using those beach balls. Yeah,
1: I agree. I mean, there was... Some of the some of the enemies sometimes, they did do some pretty silly things. Yeah, that, some that, of the stories he told, I'm like, what were they thinking? Yeah, I agree. So, like I said, that was kind of morbidly funny and mm-hmm. like I said, I don't want to make light of killing people right. at all but, you know, that was... I don't know. Though his take on that was very interesting to me. Um, okay, so just real quickly, um, there was a movie, and like, now did did you say you have or have not? No, seen? I don't. So I guess. I just don't like the language. The book is full of language. Yeah, and we do need to caution. He, uh, people on yeah, that. I strongly caution people if you don't want a book with tons of language, do not read this book. But, and he even talked about how Navy SEALs and military in general have the—they uh, are masters of you know. I guess foul language. No. And I just figured if the book was that bad, Mm and usually war movies are pretty bad, Mm -hmm. I figured the movie's going to be twice as bad as the book, if that's possible. And I just don't want to hear all the language. Mm -hmm. And I know I've probably got listeners out there going, Well, we're not going to win wars. Like Chris Kyle would say, You're not going to win wars. What do you say? Here, give me some crackers and a cup of tea. I don't know.
0: He would make little comments like that. And I totally get it. I'm not trying to say. I understand you can't but be. You would just rather
1: not listen I to that. I just don't yeah. want to listen to I, it, I, I even understand.
0: though I know a
1: lot of it's just part of the military life, and that's just the reality. Yeah, and it's and he and I will say this, and we're getting ready to close. Um, he he did make a very good point in that you know as Americans we sit over here in our air conditioning and uh, you know mm-hmm. we in comfort. our our comfort uh, comfortable homes, and there are you know we like to kind of. Um, you know we like we don't want to really truly envision what war really right. is you what know really we like. want to be kept uh, we want to be concealed from all that yeah. you know and, and so he's like, he just makes the point war's not pretty no if, if, he made yeah. a very good point if war's not pretty let us go do our job mm-hmm. and if and he yeah. would get really angry when people, like you said, over here in America, mm-hmm. in our comfortable homes, mm-hmm. in our warm, safe beds at night because of the military, over here criticizing them. Exactly. And he's right. We don't have any... Until we're willing to go out there and fight ourselves, I don't think we have any right to criticize. I totally agree. I totally agree. But like I said, I, I think Americans do need to understand that that's why it's war. I yeah. Mean, it, it's because mm-hmm. it is... It's it's death. It's dying. It's, right. it's just black and white what it is. So, okay. So... Uh, we're going to go ahead and rate the book. Okay. And um, I got very creative on this oh, rating. Oh, awesome. You're never going to guess it in a million years. <laughs> Joy, how many Navy SEALs do you give this book? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to give it three and a half SEALs. Okay. I thought it was a really good book. I hate that there's all the controversy around it, how much is true, how much is exaggerated. But, man, it's eye-opening, and it really mm-hmm. makes me appreciate the sacrifices. One thing that it really brought out, too, is, and I knew this before reading the book, but it just helped remind me, it's not just the soldiers who are suffering and sacrificing, it's their families. Mm-hmm. And his wife and his two kids paid the price, too, because mm-hmm. they never got. she never got to see her husband. It was very rare. These kids were growing up without a dad. Very rare. And uh, those families were making sacrifices. But three and a half, just because of the subject matter, is so disturbing. And because there's so much controversy, I don't know how much of the book is really true. Yeah. And I'm glad you did bring it up. So, Taya was his wife, and mm-hmm. she, in a large part of the book, was her perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, we didn't even really get into the his Post traumatic stress, right. uh, everything that he suffered because of the war, everything she suffered because mm-hmm. of, of his deployment. So, um, and those poor kids, and the kids not really getting to see their dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then of course, you know, I guess I should mention that you know when he died, he was trying to help a disturbed. A um, a, he was trying to help. Uh, I believe it was a Marine who was mentally ill or had he mm. also had post traumatic stress, yeah. and you know, he was out on a, a shooting range when the guy literally shot him in the back. So, see, I thought they were in their vehicle on their way to the shooting range. That's just what I read on my account. It doesn't oh, really okay. matter how yeah. it happened, okay. but you
0: know, that is so. It's
1: heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking when a soldier dies. But mm-hmm. like he said, he was if he wanted to die, he wanted to do it kind of in glory, during yeah. battle. Mm-hmm. And the fact he didn't die in battle, mm-hmm. he was help trying to help this poor veteran who they said was mentally ill, had PTSD. The account I read is that he and another guy were driving this a war veteran to the driving range. Mm-hmm. A shooting range, and mm-hmm. this guy was in the back seat of the pickup truck. I guess it was like a double cab. Okay, I don't know. And, I, watched a, I watched a sixty minutes episode the other night, okay. and they said they were actually on the oh, range. on the shooting range. Yeah. Okay. The the yeah, one, but, one I read said mm-hmm. he just. Uh, they said the officers ask him, why did you shoot him, you know, Mm -hmm. Chris Kyle and his buddy? And Mm -hmm. he said they wouldn't talk to me, so I shot him. And so um, what you watched, actually, they were on the shooting range. Yeah, they said that, so when you go out to the shooting range, you raise a flag to show that you're shooting Mm -hmm. so other people will know. And then when the time came for them to close the range, Mm -hmm. the flag was still up. So Mm -hmm. one of the attendants walked out to see what was going on, and he found the two bodies laying there. Yeah, it was awful. I just hate that. Like I said, I really feel like this guy's a hero, Mm -hmm. and he didn't deserve to die in battle or non yeah. or whatever you call it when you're not mm-hmm. in battle the fact that he died by this basically so crazy guy yeah. is so pointless so mm-hmm. needless and now he has a wife and two kids that have to live without him and that it just it's heartbreaking i agree i just want to add real quickly um the movie bradley cooper um mm-hmm. uh, he 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 got a lot of recognition for that role. Some people even said that was possibly the best role he's uh, really? his best role he's ever played. See, I like Bradley Cooper, and, and that
0: kind of makes me want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, and that's
1: the only reason <laughs> I want to see it, is because I like Bradley Cooper, mm-hmm. and I keep hearing about this performance, and of course, Clint Eastwood was the director. See, uh, yeah, that's and, another thing. And they said, there's one of the scenes where Bradley Cooper is literally, he's getting ready to make that shot, the one he doesn't want to make with the woman, mm-hmm. and they said Clint Eastwood was literally inches from his ear, telling him like you know like directing him Mm -hmm. through that scene and i kept thinking now is that micromanaging or does bradley (laughs) cooper really want clint eastwood three inches from his ear i don't know but but i'm just wanted to mention that that supposedly he had the performance of a lifetime in that movie i have read too that he did an awesome job in that movie and uh, I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. I can force myself. I
0: just have to be in a certain mood. Yeah, I agree. Maybe if I can get in the right mood. Yeah. And but knowing it's based on a real life and mm-hmm. true experiences, it just well. Those and type his wife Taya,
1: she said there was parts of the movie that she literally would forget she wasn't watching her husband. Oh really? She said it was so real. And here's the thing: the mm-hmm. the person who wrote the script, they spent hundreds of hours with Taya, the his mm-hmm. wife, and she said that they got to know her inside and out, and her husband inside out. And she said that's why the movie felt so authentic to her. Okay. She said that even Bradley Cooper so had his... she approved of the movie? Oh, yeah. She said it was so authentic, and she said Bradley Cooper had her husband's mannerisms down. Mm-hmm. She said he looked like him. She just said it was incredible how authentic they were able to make the wow. movie. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. maybe you're... Maybe you're, getting convincing me to, you to. <laughs> you're convincing me to maybe watch yeah. the movie. <laughs> well, all right, Joy, I guess we're going to have to wrap things up. Um, now, next week, I hope we have a, a, it's definitely going to be on a lighter note. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing True Grit. Yeah, thank goodness. This is such heavy subject matter, and mm-hmm. I think True Grit's going to be a lot, a lot lighter. Mm-hmm. It's not it's near The subject matter isn't nearly as heavy. Yeah. yeah. So, Joy will be leading that one, and, you know, True Grit, that's going to be, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Well, would you like anything you want to add before we leave? We were going to talk about uh, listener locations and how our podcast is growing. And I said on our last podcast I was going to play a review. So I didn't forget that. Um, but we're having technical difficulties my computer's dying we're (laughs) actually recording this on my phone and so i can't get to the review but we will do it next week uh, before we start true grit okay all right sounds good all right until next time this is angie and this is joy and we'll see you next time on twin Twin Talk. talk